When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you uh, talking to me? Are you talking to me, Ben Vanell? I don't see anybody else here, but who do I hear down the line over the internet? It is my co-host and friend, Adam Knox. Here I am, so impressed by how much you commit to that Robert De Niro thing <laughs> every single week. Maybe you should do every it next single- week. I, I will. I, I promise you that I will love that. I will sell it as hard as I can. I will overdo it, if anything. Okay. Okay. I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> this is our Game of Thrones recap podcast. We're going episode by episode, week by week, until we get up to season eight when it launches into the stratosphere in 2019, in April, roughly. Um, They're going to project it onto the moon. <laughs> yes, uh, and we're going to yeah we're going to get on um, Elon Musk's Tesla and get fired out of a rocket, and we're going to watch that eighth season on the moon. I think is the plan. Hell yeah! Do you reckon there was a body in the in the boot of that car? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is the best way to get around that. And he's the exact kind of weird rich dude who would like kill someone for the thrill and then put him in the boot of a Tesla. Yeah, and then fire it into the sp- into space for an even bigger thrill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they well, fuck I- shallow graves. <laughs> I'm going to put them in the deepest grave of all. <laughs> Where is he from, Elon Musk? Uh, I don't. Maybe Canada or the US. Okay, I imagined him with some sort. No, of- South Africa. He's from South oh, Africa. Oh, is he right? Okay, that makes sense. I thought he. I imagined him with some co- sort of like vaguely U- Eastern European accent, but um. Sure, South Bond Africa. villain. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that still works. Well, uh, Le- the South Africa villain is more uh, uh, lethal weapon. Yeah, Pretoria, mm. South Africa mm. is where he's from. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone that smart has to also be a sociopath. Is that an okay thing to say? Uh, probably. I, like, at some point, it's logical to be a psychopath or a sociopath. Do you know what I mean? You get the right. best yep. case scenario happening to you. So if your brain is so powerful that it runs on pure logic, mm. at some point, you're going to go like, well, I guess I should kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A plus B equals lots of murders. Yep, that's what I was taught. <laughs> Hypotenuse these people until they're dead. Oh, okay. Very nice. I feel like we're sufficiently warmed up to start talking about a little man named Lord Snow, the title of Season 1, Episode 3 of Game of Thrones. Are you ready to talk about the TV show Game of Thrones? I came into this Game of Thrones podcast completely unprepared <laughs> All right. to talk about the TV show Game <laughs> of Thrones. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to throw you in the deep end, a.k.a. the vast vacuum of space, um, mm-hmm. and start with the beginning of Episode 3, Lord Snow. Um, another lord, our old mate Eddard Stark, arrives at King's Landing with his little, um, his little entourage, and a fancy little lad sort of 
pulls him up and is like, hey, hey, bro, welcome. Welcome to the city. Uh, also, you immediately have to go and talk to the small council. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to as well. He's like, let me sleep. And then he goes, nah, sleeps. Fuck you. Yeah. There's no chance of sleeping. You are the hand of the king now, and we're going to force you to come up here to kind of impress upon you that we have control over you, even though you are technically outranking us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the most- was the impression I got of it. Yeah, it's the most thankless job in the world. You just have to come and do everything, and you don't get the prestige of being king. No. It, uh, and he knew he was getting into that, but then not only does he not get the prestige of being king, he also has all of these other people who we're meeting for the first time, uh, Varys and then Littlefinger mm-hmm. and then uh, Pycelle, and clearly they all have their own little, we want to be at the top of this pile yes, to them as well. totally. He's walking in on a, a, a series of schemes that have been going on for years. Exactly. And, yeah, I, I remember before he gets into the room, the fancy little lad t- says something snide, like, maybe you should change your clothes. So it also is saying, like, hey, you have to do this. We're bossing you around. And also, we don't respect you because you're from the north. Yeah. And it it, it kind of continues like that when uh, he... Meet- oh, Renly is there as well. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Who's Robert's brother, and he speaks pretty frankly about uh, what he thinks of Robert. Yes. Yeah. I really like the character of Renly. I think he's interesting and like charismatic and and all that kind of stuff. He's he's like the younger dude who um, kind of has yeah, pretty frank and um, intelligent view of the world. It seems like at this point. It's nice that there's someone sitting at that table as well who isn't so openly this game player. Yes, yes. That he just seems to be kind of a straight-up dude. Mm. Mm. And as very much opposed to that, we, yeah, we have Littlefinger and Varys and Maester Pycelle who all seem a bit... Well, at least Littlefinger and Varys initially seem pretty sus. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is, is this where... Uh, is it soon after this that... Um, Ned walks into, uh, yeah, it's before before he gets into this room. He's he's in the throne room and meets Jamie. Yeah, yeah, which is a ripper of a scene. Like it's like there's that kind of cold open bit where he arrives, and then you're like bang straight into this really good one on one head to head scene with him and Jamie. Yeah, having this like sword fight with words, Monkey Island style. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and and it, it's you get the impression that Jamie kind of genuinely. Uh, respects Ned. Yeah. There's little flashes of it where it seems like he actually thinks, oh, this guy, like he's being a shitty, you know, little brother type of guy, but he actually kind of deep down seems to be genuine about feeling sorry for him about his family and all that stuff. Yes. But then Ned is like kind of a huge dick in, t- in, in return. Absolutely, yeah. It, it kind of reveals... I mean, again, it, it underlines Jamie being, you know, a douchebag, kind of. Like, that's the essence of mm. Jamie at this point. He's a douche. He's a privileged, privileged douche. But he was also in this position, we learn, where he killed a king. And yet... Yeah, I guess this is the first time that gets actually um, mentioned. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we find out he he's a king slayer. He killed a king. And Stabbed him in the back, no less. Yes, exactly. Um, and f- it sounds like for pretty reasonable reasons. This king was mad, 
He's described as mad, I believe, by Jamie in this scene, and he killed him for the good of, of the world, and he killed him because he, the Mad King, killed Ned's dad and brother? Is that the situation? Uh, yeah, I think that is kind of what he lays out here, yep. too. And it kind of, like, in this half, I'm actually sorry, and in a half, like, remember what happened here, remember how dangerous it is, yeah. and that we live through it but you didn't yeah and and ned and then i like ned takes all that on board and yet still has this very strict view such a strict view of honor which we kind of get have got about ned you know from the start he has this such a strict view of honor and and ritual and what's allowed that he absolutely has no respect for jamie because jamie stabbed the king in the back yeah uh i also liked when he walks into that uh, council meeting he meets Littlefinger this is the first time he's ever met the dude and he's like I'm sure Kat told you all uh, oh. told you all about me and all that stuff yeah. and then he just kind of flat out says like I, I used to really want to bang your wife yeah very much so and Ned is visibly uh, discomforted by that He he's just like yeah. dude what the fuck <laughs> like what and yeah it's Littlefinger is so bald faced about it It's re- it's so strange yeah. We also learned that the kingdom uh, is a little bit in debt, or a lot in debt. Three million gold, however much that's worth. Yeah, about three million dollars, I'm going to say. Um, yes, so, uh, yeah, the kingdom's in significant debt, and it's due to Robert, right? Like, Robert's just been making all these proclamations and all these demands and having these festivals and buying all this wine, and the kingdom is kind of fucked. Yeah. It's, it's worse than we thought before, because we knew Robert was a bit of a a bit of a loose unit and not the best king. He's something of a party boy. He's very much a party boy, but we didn't know it had an actual material effect on his kingdom until now. Yeah. And it's no good. And they're in debt to the Lannisters as well, which sucks. <laughs> yes. And speaking of the Lannisters, we then move on to uh, Cersei and Joffrey having a little mother-son chat yeah. that's just the creepiest <laughs> it's so creepy I, my note for this my dot point was for this scene is cersei tends to joffrey and it's fucked up if the podcast sounded weird for a second just then should i i, I feel like i should say why that was yes it's very fun. it's very funny <laughs> i have i have like a mic set up here but it's very sensitive to the slightest bit of movement it's attached to the top of my laptop which i had on my chest and the sound of my heartbeat was interfering with it. Yeah, and you were freaked out. You didn't know what was happening. We thought maybe there was some sort of interference. We stopped the podcast a couple of times, only for you to do a bit of a test and figure out it was your own human heart that was ruining the episode. It's because I I, I killed a man and then buried him inside of my chest. (laughs) (laughs) And the loud beating has been haunting me ever since. Oh, dear. Anyway, Um, uh, yeah, Cersei and uh, Joffrey. Mm-hmm little creeps yeah so cersei what i got out of this scene basically is that cersei is telling joffrey like everyone's against us and everyone's an enemy and you're right to want to you know drive your enemies before you and hear the lamentation of their women you're right to have that instinct that sociopathic psychopathic instinct um but you got to slow your roll a bit because if you do that now, we're not in the right position. So just wait. But you are correct to hate everyone. Yeah, it's it's uh, a great message that every young boy should learn. 
<laughs> yeah, it's get it's, get wherever why whenever you need to because when you're the king you make what is truth. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, uh and then they also kind of mention how dangerous the north is to invade and then move mm. on to uh Ned just like having preteen girls and it's the same in fantasy medieval world. Yes, yeah. He's just a dad trying to do the best he can with this, you know, with the with the resources he's got in the situation he's in. And it's, you know, it's not quite good enough at this point. Yeah. He gives that is, doll He, he gives, gives that doll, doll to Santa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like it, it's the exact one most what's her name? Marcella? Marcella? Yes, the, Marcella the, the daughter of <laughs> Does um, Cersei Lannister's kid look like a bitch? Very good, very good, and an amazing uh, impression. <laughs> it's. I hope your Robert De Niro is just as good. It's ten times as good, so it's wow. one out of ten. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ned gives uh, Sansa a doll, and he says it's this kind of doll that Marcella gets. She's the a Lannister, and Sansa looks at it, is obviously visibly disappointed, and says. I haven't played with dolls since I was eight years old. Mm. Which uh, oh. then he then he talks to uh, Arya for a little bit, and mm. uh, it's the first time the phrase "our words" is used. I'm pretty sure, so yes. that the context of why he keeps saying "winter is coming" starts to make a little more sense. That oh, this is like their little catchphrase or slogan that their yes. house has. Yeah. Um, and then uh, talk of summer child or summer children. Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well, when uh, when we're talking to her and also to Bran, hearing all these like scary stories of the White Walkers in the next yeah. scene. Yeah, yes. Um, yes, but also yeah, in the scene with Arya, Ned basically finds her with a sword and lets her have the sword, which is, I think, yeah, like a, a pretty... It's a big deal. It, he's right. showing a, a bit of favour to her. He's trying to understand her. And in a world where women are just married off, it's a pretty... I think it's a pretty big deal that he's like all right, do you even know how to use this? Well, you better learn how. And he just kind of like leaves it at that, which is, yeah, pretty like surprising for this situation. He wants to be a cool dad. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's a progressive dad. Uh, And then mum as well is uh, trying to be cool by uh, coming down and trying to solve the attempted murder of her son. Yes. Who who is lying in bed hearing these stories about the white walkers, which, uh, some of which I uh, want to talk about later. Yes. But uh, the her, like, riding into town and uh, Peter Baelish, who's, who's Littlefinger, who's the creepy guy that we've met, yep. immediately intercepts her somehow, just automatically knows that she's there. Yeah, yeah. And she rides up and she gets stopped by some guards and she's like, what the fuck is going on here? And I'm kind of like that too. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene um, later on in, 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 I think, the next episode, but I'll, I'll just bring it up here because it's one of the silliest things I've seen, and I've forgotten about it. Okay. When when Littlefinger and Ned Stark are walking through uh, the garden, doing one of the like Game of Thrones garden walk and talks, which will happen mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just points at the 12 nearest people and they all have <laughs> someone they're working with. It's insane. It's so stupid. It's like a parody of, of like a, an espionage movie or something. 
completely. And, and yeah. they're all, like, just staring directly at them. They're the worst spies. Well, they're not they're... staring initially. He meant He's, like, they're walking through and he mentions them by name and then they look up, at, like, they spike the camera. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the weirdest, like, clunkiest thing. Yeah, I thought it was great though. It was a little bit like of a kind of like a caper, like it was a little bit stylized, like they're in a crime movie or something. But oh, it was, kind, but then ridiculous. it also like in, <laughs> how it it just makes no sense at all. The little birds and stuff that Varys keeps mentioning, it makes mm-hmm. no sense that it it would like if you hired everybody to be your spy, then that would work for a day. But then mm. people would realize like, oh well, I won't talk when there's anybody nearby. But I guess because they're all, like, these lords and ladies, they're like, well, the help won't matter. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, because it is treated a bit like, I have this super secret um, network of spies that everyone knows about somehow. Like, it's... And they must all know about each other. Like, they all... They're all gardeners. (laughs) They're all... Yes. They would definitely talk about which person they're spying for. So why yeah. would they not... F- it's it's just the dumbest system. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very good point. But, yeah, f- uh, f- at this point and throughout most of the, like, seven seasons of the show, both Varys and Littlefinger are treated like these masters of espionage and, and manipulation. Yeah. They call um, Varys the spider because yeah. he has, uh, you know, this intricate web and no mm. balls. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, I thought it was the ball thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but yeah. So before that, uh, we get Catelyn arriving and then going and chatting. Oh yeah, well yes, yeah, she, she's taken to the brothel. Yeah, which she's very taken aback by. She doesn't and, like. And then uh, I think Varys goes, "Oh no, look at your poor hands." And I heard yeah. that as like poor P A W because she's like a wolf. <laughs> oh right. So, look at your poor hands. Like you're you're half a wolf and half hands. If that was like what a- the, the show was, they were like, everyone was like kind of literally their banner animal. That <laughs> would be weird. It would be a hell of a lot sexier. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when Varys enters the scene, he does the like parts the way through the, the curtain of beads thing, which is very, again, yeah. kind of very silly, very tropey. Like, yeah. Oh, but a pleasure to see you. I was just hiding next door. <laughs> And then uh, Bran and Rob have, like, a little boring chat, and they're, like, brothers, but clearly just neither of them has any emotion written into their character yet. Yeah, yeah. Bran's <coughs> just like, I lost my legs, I wish I was dead. And Rob was like... Don't say that. Don't Being say alive that. is nice. You get to be bland <laughs> and plain. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's essentially what that scene is. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, Littlefinger brings uh, Ned to the brothel, and Littlefinger says, "Here's where your wife is. Your wife's here in the city. This is You're a, surprise a funny to you. man. You're a very, very funny man." Yeah, I, I like fucking, that. Yeah, strangles him. Funny how? Funny how? <laughs> when like I'm a clown? clown, like I'm here to amuse you. You can't do Joe <laughs> Pesci either. I'm doing Littlefinger. Oh well, it sounded nothing clown? like Joe Pesci. Am I a clown to you? Perhaps. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's Littlefinger. You've got to give it more at the back of the throat, but I can't do it. No, his, his accent's all over the shop. I think he's like a Welsh dude who's trying to be English, but yeah. he sounds like neither. It's very strange. He's a great yeah. actor, though. He's really good in The Wire. Um, I, I've only ever seen him in 
like 18 seconds of the third Batman movie that Christopher uh, Nolan did and this. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a uh, senator in The Wire and he has a really, really good story arc. And he, I think he's really, really good, despite the accent, as Littlefinger as well. Right. He's he's the perfect level of uh, skeevy, I believe. He is. He's he's slimy, but you can believe that people have let him get away with it for this long. Mm, he seems also competent as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and demonstrating that fact, he gets he does get Catelyn and, and Ned together, and Varys, and they go over you know the events of Bran getting pushed out of the window, the knife the knife attack, and. Uh, Littlefinger basically, you know, pulls out his trump card and says, I know exactly what's going on here. I lost this knife, which belongs to me. Yeah. I lost that's it not in a, a bet. That's not a knife. That's my knife. <laughs> yes. And it is a knife. It certainly is his knife that is a knife. And he says, uh, it's my knife. I lost it in a bet to one Tyrion Lannister. Mm. And uh, they're all like, wow, it's all making sense. All the things why, that we've heard so far. Why, yeah. yeah, they well, already think yeah. a Lannister tried to kill him, and then they yep. hear a Lannister own the knife. Yep. They got that note. They got a note, and they got this uh, testimony from Littlefinger, and they're like, fuck, we're getting fucked by the Lannisters royally. Yep. Plus, uh, like, six kids and a plumber they'd hired to spy on everybody had overheard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, just a coterie of gardeners all trot in yeah. with hoes and pitchforks. <laughs> just the most complicated garden in the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. This this is a very um, engaging plot. I feel like this is cool. I love a mystery. I love a caper. And um, despite the, it's it's got a bit of complexity. We don't like Littlefinger. Is clearly a creepy dude, mm. but he seems to be telling the truth. Yep. Uh, there's some stuff with uh, Robert Baratheon here, just kind of talking to uh, these other people. Uh, mm. One one of them, I think, is Tali, whatever his name is, Tali. Oh, yeah, um, like the dad Tali. Yeah, and this was the point where I started to sort of, when I first watched it, get confused by the amount of people becoming involved with it. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it it, the, it 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 does do a lot to sort of world build, and then you do see Robert Baratheon being sad and angry. Right. Uh, they mention uh, the king was saying, "Burn them all, burn them all," as well when he was killed by Jamie. So yeah, you get some idea that oh, okay, maybe he did need to go. Yep. Yep. And then we fly as the crow does up to mm-hmm. the wall as the crows are at. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Back to Jon Snow, who has. Uh, yeah, arrived to be a Night's Watchman. Yeah. He's been a bit of a dick up there, too. You think Jon Snow's being a bit of a dick? Yeah, he says all that stuff about, like, but I'm better than them. I'm better. I mean, they are all rapers. Yeah, but it's there, there's something about Jon Snow in these next two episodes, or in this episode and the next one, where, like, he starts off as this kind of snotty little kid who did come from a bit of, like, you know, I wasn't the most loved son of the Lord, but I still was one. Sure. And, and he's still got he's got a bit of that like, but I'm better than them. Why am I here? I shouldn't have come. I made a mistake. To the next episode being immediately like, well, we're all equals and I'm going to st- stick up for Sam. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't really get that. I, I, I Maybe it's because I dislike Jon Snow as a character from start to finish. <coughs> right. But um, I, even in, within this context, I 
felt like he was sort of justified, like he thought he was coming up there to do good, to be part of this noble, you know, um, army, this defence force, these, like, yeah, the last bastion of defence between the wall and the the wildlings and, and civilization, and he's got there and it's just, like, really shitty and everyone's a cunt. Yeah, so you got Alistair Thorne, who's like the sort of commander of the plot. Well, not the committee, but he's like he's in the drill sergeant. Of- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is a real hard ass. And then like the people who were there are these crooks for the most part, and they try to have a go at John and try to kill him. But then yes. Tyrion walks in at the right moment. Yeah, very yeah. lucky. Very, uh, very lucky. The knife then- was at his throat. Yeah, uh, and then Benjamin just sort of quickly fucks off. It's so, really I, I love that scene. It's so weird. They get up on the wall, and Which, they're looking at everything. The, the elevator that they go up. I I mm. hate elevators at the best of times, and that yeah, one you looks wouldn't. like a bad one. <laughs> I yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I I I didn't know this about myself, but I am terrified of heights, and I I I can't be a night's watchman. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Well, I'd rather be castrated. <laughs> It's only the elevator part. Like, I'm fine with heights, but there's something about elevators where mm. when I'm in them, I always think, well, this is the time it falls and we die. <laughs> well, that's what I think every time I get a flight anywhere. Yeah, right. It's no good. <laughs> it's bad. I ver- very, very actively try not to think it in flights, but to the point where every time I'm on a plane, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, it's incredible that flying always works. Just like right. really tricking myself in my head. Go- like... I do this Looking thing. Looking at the statistics. Yeah, totally. And going like, yeah, aren't human kinds and aren't human beings incredible that we've ripped the earth out of its <laughs> home in the ground and we've molded it and burned it into this plant and like have to get really yeah, uh, yeah. over the top with it to be comfortable flying on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I am the master of the the world, and I yeah, exactly. stride across it. In I a, look in upon a these tin... clouds with contempt. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Maybe I should start doing that. I feel like it might change my personality for for the worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. Um, Yeah, so they go up in this this rickety elevator, um, and yeah, they're standing there looking out upon the wild lands, and Benjen is saying some very nice stuff. He's like, well, you know, it's a respectable thing you've done, and it's going to be hard, but I believe in you, and you're a good lad. Anyway, I've got to go! And he just yeah, fucks off. time to die. <laughs> he just yeah, yeah. shuts his eyes and falls asleep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I get like that is, I think, see, this is why I identify a little bit with John, or at least I empathise with him, because he, again, like, Benjen is his uncle, and he's always heard about Benjen being up there and being the the Night's Watchman and doing all this good stuff. He's a ranger. He really looks up to him, and he's leaving. He's leaving John with all of these people who seem to want to kill him. Yeah. So that's not good. Uh, Also, well, not good, depending on who you ask, uh, over the (laughs) narrow sea... Oh, uh, yeah. Daenerys and Jorah uh, having a little bit of a chat, and then Daenerys kind of does her first kind of queenly thing, but or khaleesi Lee thing, mm-hmm. and makes the whole thing stop so she can get off and just have a walk about. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was watching this, I was like, because she asks about the slaves before she gets up, or she gets off yeah. the horse. She's like, oh, okay, where do they get the slaves? And Jorah's like, well, they every time there's a battle, they, uh, they go up to the city, and they say... Um, they say Either give us a tribute. 
You well, abandoned that, that one the halfway through. <laughs> uh, they say, yeah, give us a tribute, give us some slaves, or we're going to fight. And, you know, they'll just raise the city to the ground and kill everyone. So they get slaves, and they keep the slaves, and the slaves do all the things that they want them to do, and they have a lot of slaves. And so, yeah, Danny's like, oh, cool, okay, I'm going to stop the horde, get off the horse, and go over here. And I was like, oh, is she going to go tend to a slave who's hurt, or... Nothing. Nothing happens. She just goes for a walk. I'm just going to disappear into this corn. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, into this bamboo forest. And then Viserys is uh, coming and yelling at her all, you know, snottily like he is. Mm, And mm. uh, this, the note that you've written is, a Dothraki goes all Indiana Indiana Jones on him before Daenerys tells him to stop hurting Viserys. Yes. And he Um, he, he whips his uh, rope around his neck. And like, this is... You you really understand in these next couple of episodes that Viserys just is this is useless. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's got himself into. Basically, completely. And and uh, for uh, a little bit uh, through to almost the end of this, the next episode we're talking about, episode four, he doesn't realize it. Yeah. Even even now, he's just like, "What the fuck are you doing? Get the whip off my neck, Daenerys! Tell him to stop. What's going on here?" Yeah, he's clearly had this life of being surrounded by, I suppose, yes men. Yeah, and being and, and being the top of the heap and being above his system, like very much so. Yep. Uh, not in like a Jamie Cersei way, but above him. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then but you, I th- you get the feeling he kind of isn't against that though, which is just horrible. I think he just sort of isn't. I, like, I don't think he's capable of having any kind of emotion other than intense pride and over mm. himself. So, like, yeah. I don't know if he even would have considered it. That's um, fair. Um, before, before that scene ends, the, well, the way it ends is he goes to get back on his horse and they're like, uh-uh, you walk, bro. Yeah. So there's a little bit of he's been cut down uh, at this stage, but he's still very, very jumped up and very, um, yeah, prideful and is just like, well, I'm... Fucking, this is a bit stupid, but I'm still in yeah. charge. Constantly calling himself the dragon. <laughs> yeah, like he's what a this douche. just fucking terrible DJ from Springvale. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, just and- a bad rapper from the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> then, while you're still with the Dothraki, uh, I think that uh, no, a different handmaiden tells Daenerys, like, "Well, you're pregnant." Yes, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell if it was the same one. Um, also seems a little bit Australian, maybe. That's what it is. The one who's in the bath with Viserys later is definitely the same one from the other episode. Oh, okay. Uh, but maybe I think this I... one is different. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, she's like, you're, you're, when, when's the last time you, you had your period? A while? Probably pregnant. Yep. And your boobs got bigger. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yes. Daenerys constantly objectified or um, made to feel like an object. Eh, that's, that's just medical. That's a medical way of telling. I don't know. I mean, when I got my prostate checked, it felt like the guy was really hitting on me. But <laughs> that's just me, maybe. Uh, then Jorah finds out about the pregnancy and just goes like, well, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just It's like he just jumped in the car and burned rubber. See you later. I ain't uh, going which... through this again. <laughs> um, yeah, which is odd, right? In the moment, contextually, it's yeah. it's weird. Yeah, and his like Dothraki friend he's got there, who they're talking to each other about their dads, 
Uh, he's like, are you going to come back? How are you going to fight? He's like, you're a million people on horses. I will find you. Don't worry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, he's gone and then jamie and cersei having a little bit of a a freak out about the uh boy they tried to kill (laughs) yep yep they know they know and then jamie's like even if they know we'll kill everybody in the world yeah i'll kill ned stark and i'll kill the other starks and i'll kill everyone who opposes us just a a very like uh, obviously insular family Mm -hmm. here but also genuinely powerful yeah, exactly. Like, they could maybe do it. Mm, mm. Uh, Tyrion as well. He, and you you are getting the sense that, like, even with the stuff about the knife, that Tyrion doesn't behave the way that Cersei and Jaime do to the same level. Uh, yeah. Because he's wandering about the wall, talking to people there, being a little bit antagonistic, but sort of getting along with people, or doing his best to anyway. Well, he, he really gets along with... Um the guy who goes down south to recruit people for the Night's Watch. They're, you know, sitting in the pub drinking and genuinely getting along. And even when Benjen shows up, yeah, you're right, Tyrion's a little antagonistic, but not in the kind of way where they're enemies, the kind of way where they're just from different walks of life. And he's just a bit cocky in general, but he's not, like, nasty. Mm. Uh, Mm. And Lord Mormont, he seems to be okay with, and then you're like, oh, okay, so that's Jorah's dad there. Yes, and Gior. Then there's a, a, a magic guy with no eyes. He's yes. like just talking real magically, which was uh, odd. Yeah, so uh, that's the maester of, of the Night's Watch. Yes. Yeah, real uh, old guy. Pisses off the wall, does his yep. thing, says goodbye to John. They're like, okay, I guess we're friends. Yes. And uh, they separate, and Tyrion's off to go south. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. Like you, the, he's a bit antagonistic with everyone here, but he is much more warm and friendly and positive to even these people who are they're at such opposite ends of you know society. Mm. Much more warm and friendly to them than Jamie or Cersei are to anyone other than each other. Yeah, exactly. Just literally and, anyone. And uh, Joffrey as well, I guess. Yes, true. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, in, in um, taken in isolation, when we look at the events um, of the murder plot, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, if you think about it at all, t- you have to question it a little bit, I think. Tyrion doesn't necessarily seem like the guy who'd definitely be going in for murder. Yeah. Uh, and then you get uh, the, the final scene of the show, which I really liked. You meet uh, mm. Sirio Pharrell. Yes. Who is uh, obviously Ned has hired to be uh, Arya's sword instructor. Yeah. And this is the first sort of, that I can think of, the first really kind of, not exciting, but like, there's stuff going on in this scene from this show so far. Like the way the music builds up and Mm -hmm. uh, the sort of movement going on, there's a sense of potential and growth and hope and future, you know, like you can see that this is going somewhere. Right. Do you mean uh, from- you mean more than in a character-based way? Like it certainly feels that way for Arya. Like this is a character who um, bucks all the trends of society. She is a tomboy. She's standing, you know, standing her ground when it comes to her values, mm. and she is being rewarded for that by her father, who, despite being a very honourable and you know strict guy, has seen the the way she wants to live her life and is rewarding that. And Sirio himself is this sort of mystical, magical character who's, um, yeah, very, you know, charming and cheeky and 
also clearly skilled. Like, it's this really great scene for all these characters. But do you mean in that sense, or do you mean in a meta-textual way? Like, in, as, in a, both. as a piece of... Yeah, right, right. Yeah, totally, because uh, especially the ending of it, like, the, it's the first really noticeable music, I think, that there's been in the show, because there's a couple of themes with the Starks and with the Dothraki, whenever you go to them, mm. where there's kind of little bits that you recognise, but the music is really very background. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, apart from the theme, obviously, which we talked about in the first episode, it's it's such a great theme. Yeah, I can't say that I did notice the score... Uh, at all and yeah and yeah this is a great call it's it is this and maybe because it's not this like shocking um uh cliffhanger ending it's it's a they've crafted an ending that is just dramatically um engaging you know yes well especially when towards the end of it like ned walks in and he's uh all kind of happy to see his daughter being who she wants to be and all of that Mm-hmm. And then the wooden swords clanking together turn into metal, clacking, clanking on metal. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly gone, oh, wait, what have I done? And what <laughs> is she going to be okay in the world? Are any of my kids going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? I was in a war <laughs> once and I'm traumatized. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I, I really like that ending. Yeah, that's great. Again, it's it's as for the third episode, we learn so much about these characters in such a small amount of time because of the um, uh, talent and skill of the people making this show. <coughs> yep, agreed. Um, so, so let's yes. Then we we barrel into the fourth episode. We certainly do. Uh, Cripples, bastards, and broken things is the title of the episode. Uh Let's yeah, let's just get straight fucking into it. So is does it start off at Winterfell? Oh, Bran's I, having the dream first. Yes, right? exactly. It starts with the dream. He is back doing bow bow and arrow practice, and he Walking sees around the raven. Like nothing's happened. Mm, mm, yes, yes. So we assume. I, I'm sure at the time I assumed it was a flashback, or I forgot he'd broken his legs. Maybe, uh, but yeah, he he's doing some practice, and then he sees this raven. And it kind of hops around and flaps and flies around. Then he follows it, and it goes into a little, you know, a little archway, and it lands somewhere. And we get a real good look at it. And boy, howdy, if it doesn't have three eyes! Whoa! Yeah, Tien yeah. from Dragon Ball Z is here. <laughs> yes. Where's Where's the little guy? Lao, what's his name? Uh, Chaozu. Chaozu. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Tien he's uh, Jamie's just... brother. <laughs> Adam. <coughs> It's, it's um, okay in the world. Sorry for coughing throughout this podcast if that's bothering anybody, by the way. Hey, um, we probably edited it out. Hey, then, sorry for apologizing for something you haven't even heard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know what I thought about this when I first saw it. I think I just I, I just let it pass pass on by, right? Totally. It just it just is clearly something that like, oh, I'm this isn't this is setting something up. So, whatever. I'll put yeah. that in the bank. Yeah. No, I was just like, dreams never mean anything in TV shows. Let's move on. Right. More just like, oh, okay, I guess the three eyes is like, watch out for ravens. <laughs> exactly. Keep a close eye out for ravens. Yeah. Um, but then he wakes up. Uh, I think Theon wakes him up. Yeah. He's like, you've got to come downstairs because Tyrion's here and, what you know, we got to do royal family stuff. Yeah, and then in comes a big old boy named Hodor. Yeah, and so we've seen Hodor in the background 
a couple of times, mm. but this is the first time that we know that Hodor's Hodor. And yep. yeah, they don't really give him any context. It's just like, well, this guy's a Pokemon. Yeah. He's just a big guy who says his own name. Yep, and he's here to pick you up. And he's here to pick you up. What yeah. more could you want from a night out? <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually a good point. There isn't a lot of context given to this giant man who just says his own name. But no, I, guess, I remember being yeah, so yeah. like it's it's a very though just kind of old medieval thing where you're like, yeah, they had the town, whatever. It's okay to call that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the town big boy. The town big boy. Yeah, the quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he'd be the linebacker, I think. But he's, yeah, so he, he comes in, picks up Bran, and you're like, well, that's going to be a shitty way to get around if that's how he has to get around all the time. And I think he feels that way as well. Yeah. It's a um, shame he's not going to be presented with any alternatives. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tyrion brings a big old blueprint of this uh, little horse contraption he can get onto. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first, him and Rob have some very, very icy back and forth banter. Yeah, Rob's just again like just trying to emulate his dad. Totally, and, and that I it's, I think it's the shot that opens the this this aspect of the scene. Rob is covered in fur cloaks and he's sitting on the throne of Winterfell. Yeah, and he looks like a big old king, like a yeah, like he looks very regal, like he's in charge. He does, but then he's just like being a bit of a jerk for no reason, and then he throws on and Tyrion points it out like the fake hospitality. But it's all it's it's all just a little kind of like okay, you think you're above interacting with me? Well, do you Tyrion. think that's yeah right? Do you think that's what it is though? Well, I I guess he also thinks that Tyrion tried to murder his brother. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. He believes from that chat they had in the forest the other episode that the Lannisters are at least I don't know if he knows Tyrion at this point he he believes the Lannisters tried to kill Bran and maybe that they killed John Aaron I feel like that was also conveyed to to Rob so yeah I, he he's I obviously is very aggressive yeah he is but I feel like I mean I guess to the people watching the show rather than the people in that world that mm. it's pretty obvious that like Tyrion doesn't seem like the sort of dude to do this. Like, nothing Tyrion has done has made me think, well, he set up this murder, as opposed to the people who initially tried to murder the boy. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, I think without the context we have of the rest of the show, and, and also understanding the context that the characters have, they don't, they've never met each other before that one time. Like, these people sure. live in such far away cities from each other. There's no real communication except for notes carried by birds. Like, Rob doesn't know Tyrion. He, he just knows he's a Lannister and he's rich. And, yeah, yeah he's a little cheeky fella, but if, if and especially in this time and this, this um, setting, families stick together and if they suspect someone's done the dodgy, then of course the brother's <laughs> going to be sus as well. Sure, I guess he could have done the dodgy. <laughs> so then him and him and uh Tyrion and Theon have a bit of a bit of a natter. He's they're both kind of mean to each other. And yes. there's a really nice transition to the wall there. Is there? But I forget what that was. Tyrion like rides off and the shot sort of looks like you're following that rider, but then it's a rider going into uh Castle Black. Right. It's, just, it's it's one of those like Jurassic Park the Lost World transitions. Mm. Do you remember a bunch that of dinosaurs there? Is that the, what happens? <laughs> yep. The bit at the start when like um the 
the boat lands on Isla Sauna or whichever one it is, and yep. uh, the little girl gets eaten by all the little green uh, Compsognathus, I think they were called. Yes, correct. And then you have the shot of, like, the rich lady looking and screaming, and then the reverse shot of Jeff Goldblum standing in front of that, like... Uh, ad billboard for a tropical place so it looks like she's gone oh my god jeff goldblum's here <laughs> right it's right, my right. favorite transition of any movie ever like it's the best it's it's really funny oh cool i don't remember it but i do like that movie a lot rewatch um, the lost world it, the lost world is great yes i i do firmly believe that i saw it i think in the c- cinema maybe or maybe i would have been too young but i remember loving it and being yeah. terrified by it i was young enough to be really scared by it yeah, it, it gets a little goofy towards the end if you watch it now with, like, all the calisthenics or whatever, but uh, it's still a great Yeah, movie. yeah. Yeah. Um, but before this transition, though, I wanted to make a point of the fact that Tyrion really gives uh, Theon a bit of a, a teasing. He really kind of points out, like, you're the, the captors of the Starks. Don't you get it? Like, aren't you... Don't you feel like a little bitch? Like, he really yeah. kind of draws that out of Theon. As a... As a sort of defensive thing because Theon's already been a bit like that to him. Yes, totally. To oh yeah, fair. I'm not I'm not saying um I'm not saying it to underline how Tyrion's a bad dude. I'm saying it because it is something that clearly affects Theon. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yes, we go to the wall. So at the wall, again, what you've written, the boys are training when a big fatty arrives. <laughs> Couldn't we change that to something you're allowed to say these days? <laughs> not my fault. No, true. I'm glad uh, you read it, at least not me. <laughs> but that is how that is how they treat him here in the scene, I think, is more the thing where, like, yep. this guy, yep. Samuel Tarley, he kind of is looking real modern. He's the most modern-looking character. Yeah, okay. Where his beard and his demeanor and his weight are things that seem really out of place in this world and seem like somebody who is in this world. Maybe a sort of person who would be like uh, a writer, some sort of sure. fantasy writer, perhaps. <laughs> oh, yes. So he, yeah. he immediately... Samuel R. R. Tarly. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately gets like uh, beaten up by uh, Alistair yeah. and all the, all the people here. Yeah, the cronies. There's those three guys. One of them is a little less into it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but there's that one little guy who's kind of that one little stocky guy and then the other kind of scrawny guy, and they're well into it. Well, there's one of the guys is the one from the second episode who was described as a raper. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they're, um, uh, Samwell is clearly out of place here. And yeah. is it now that he explains why he was sent up? Uh, no, no, I think this is a little bit later when, right. when him and John are, are up on the wall talking. Right, right. And, and I guess yeah. that's around now because they, yeah, they, they sort of, John and Sam bond a little bit. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it is the very next sentence in the recap I wrote out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're up on the wall. They're, they're, they're on watch duty. And Sam is like, my dad thinks I'm an absolute loser, a real fuck up. And he said that if I don't go to the wall and get away from the family, he would there would be a quote-unquote accident during a hunting party. Yeah. He basically yeah. says he's going to murder his own son out of and shame. That, that story is, is interesting. And I just I, I really feel like Samuel Tarly is... It's in the way the character's written and in the performance. He's the most over-the-top character. 
Yeah, I um, I'll say it now. He's my least favorite character in the entire show. Yeah, I really don't like the tone that he set. Where it really just does seem like someone from now who's been zipped back in time to another world. You know, like yeah, he, yep, he's got I, too I many, that. and that's in the performance of it where he has too many of the mannerisms of a modern dorky nerd. Yeah, I think that's fair. I've never considered his character in that way. I just always um, was very annoyed by him. I guess I never um, bought his actions or motivations or, or anything in any scene because it's like, yeah, it is always like, why are you doing this? It would be better for you to change, to react in this way, to, like, you just got to fucking deal with it. That's how I always feel about Sam. Yeah. And, and it's right from the start. And and it, and I think it yeah there's some it's partly because there's something about his attitude that is very Twitter boy I don't know there's there's something mm, about him mm, yeah yes not into him agreed uh, but John is, John for some John reason likes him. him yeah oh man John yeah. straight away is like this one dude I mean I guess you could see how that guy would be like a nice break from all the other people who are up at the wall. Yeah, sure. Yes, sure. And I think it's also making a point that John is a really nice guy who wants to defend the weak. Maybe. Uh, well, like, it does do that. But also, like, Sam Will is the o- only other person there who's of, like, uh, noble blood. Yes. And yeah, it's pretty sure. interesting that John straight away is like, ah, oh, another noble po- person. Well, mm, mm. I guess I'll be immediately locked in with this. You know what I mean? Like... Yes, I do. I do get what you mean. Um, I I very much just view it as John being the nicest person in the world and protecting anyone who, yeah, is weak, he is 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 helpless. But I I also can see that interpretation. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, Alistair Thorne continues to be a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> yes, just the worst, the most, the grumpiest, like worse than a drill sergeant because it's also in the context of this sort of lawless, sort of just vicious, um, like, fucked army of, of of failures. Yeah. Yeah. And then also uh, something... Uh, John is somehow just really great at fighting. Yeah, I mean, I do get it, and I f- think they do mention it in this or the previous episode. Like, he's been trained from birth to be a, a, a you know, a, 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 well, a, a well-trained, high-born soldier guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because the thing that Jamie was pointing out is like, you've never actually swung that at a person, have you? But I suppose that wouldn't matter in terms of doing drills, which is what he's doing right now. And I feel like this is a thing you accept as a trope of the genre. Like, the people from the famous families are good at everything. Sure. Or at least good at, you know, fighting. (laughs) Totally. Arya's going to pick it up really quick as well, I bet, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's back over the narrow sea to creepy old Viserys, the little shit. Oh, uh, he's hanging out, hanging out in the bath with the Australian lady who mm-hmm. just loves dragons. <laughs> she really does. She is super into dragons in a yeah. extremely dragons make me horny way. Again, a very modern character. If yes, you want to find she would someone- definitely- have a DeviantArt account and do a lot of <laughs> tracings and a lot of 100%. <laughs> photoshopping. She'd have been yeah. devastated when My Chemical Romance broke up. <laughs> and so they're yes. having this, like, dumb conversation in the bath and, like, almost talking like two human beings who are a little too into dragons, having a joke <laughs> around and a laugh, and then at some point Viserys kind of turns 
and yeah. gets shitty again. Yes. And I um, thought it... Which, what? Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I didn't really understand his turn, right? He just is sort of a dick and does it at some points. Like, he's just kind of... He doesn't... He's never had to manage his... He's never had to learn to deal with people. So right, because I think the sentence or the sentiment is something like she brings it back to Daenerys. She's like, "Oh yeah, I um, I take care of Daenerys. I help her fuck good, kind of." Yeah, and, and then he's like, "How? What? You've mentioned another person? I'm angry now." It, yeah, it basically is that, but I buy it completely because he's just like he's that uh, fickle of a of a person. Yeah, yeah, I, also, yeah. I, buy, I, I buy it. I buy it in the scene. I don't. I just was at the time like confused by him but that makes sense sure. he's confusing and awful the thing of her not liking uh, uh, the thing of her loving dragons I mean and then not liking him by the end of it I thought was like a nice little thing of like this dude isn't a dragon yeah sure yes yes uh, but that's just yeah a little little scene there yep when, until we swim for a long for many an hour back <laughs> over the narrow sea and yes. uh, it's Ned and the small council, council uh, talking tourneys yeah, talking tourneys. Hell yeah, talking tourneys is what we should have called this if either of <laughs> us knew how to pronounce tourney confidently. Tourney. Tourney. Ta- tournament, so tourney. Yeah, tourney. Tourney, tourney frogmouth frog owl. <laughs> nice, we both went there. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're basically going, hey, we're going to have this tournament to celebrate everything, right? Like, I can't remember exactly what it's for. Maybe it's to celebrate Eddard being the hand or whatever. That, whatever's going yeah, on. that's what it's, uh, you know, ostensibly for is we've got a new hand. Here's a tournament, but Ned doesn't want any part of it. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, I hate tournaments and I hate the fact that this is going to cost us more money we don't have. Yeah. It's just a bunch of frivolity. Uh, um, totally. And he, and he makes that very known. Yep. Yes. Uh, and then has a little chat with Pycelle, who you're starting to get the impression of Pycelle. Like, Pycelle is just this kind of bumbly guy who keeps going yeah. like, oh, I'm so forgetful. I forgot to give you this. I forgot to give you that. Yeah. And uh, he forgot to tell Ned that John Aaron's last words were, the seed is strong. Yes. And then Littlefinger gives him another tip to be like, mm, maybe go to this armor. Could like, Ned's go- Ned is like... Going into this investigation of John Aaron's death, who he su- suspects is murdered, yep, and he's doing it loudly and clumsily. <laughs> totally. If he was playing through like a murder mystery adventure game, he would be dying quite soon. <laughs> like he'd yeah. be walking into a room and an axe would fall down and cut off his head. Like he's he is bumbling and blundering around, just going from room to room without really thinking about anything that's going on. Totally. Like just it's, yelling it's so out, sus. Like- it it he is complete because he's such a like righteous dude, mm. and he he's said that King's Landing is dangerous and they need to be careful. But he's yep. not following his own advice because I think he kind of is acting as though he's got right on his side and right will always win, you know. And and I think maybe it's some aspect of thinking that everyone on the small council at least is not a g- complete devious murdering cunt. Like he's just sure. he's got to assume it's this is Robert's small council. They're there to support the king. So right. he's got to have a bit of trust in them. He has that thing of honor. He's like, "Well, you're in this position. You're not going to be dishonorable." Yeah, but yeah, you, with they, with Pycelle, as you mentioned before, like he has this appearance of being this mumbling, bumbling fool. But I feel like within this episode, Ned is twigging to the fact, like, "Well, you served that other king, right? You served the Mad King. You served totally. this king. You're still alive, so 
where do your allegiances lie? But he still doesn't take that on board enough to no, but be he com- careful. He completely does, like, bring, like call him out on it a couple of times. Like, yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, but then yeah. they do they do all help him out. Littlefinger and Pycelle point him towards this blacksmith mm-hmm. where uh, he goes over there and there's a kid there who won't yep. give him his helmet. And <laughs> he pretty quickly puts together, like, oh, that's that's Robert's bastard. Yes, it's very quickly. Like he, the kid mentions his mum had blonde hair, and we've just heard the phrase "the seed is strong," so we are to assume yeah. Robert Baratheon's DNA is so strong that the kid has black hair because he's Robert Baratheon's son. Right, and he just looks heaps like Robert Baratheon when he yeah, was younger. Yeah, totally. You can imagine that's what Robert would have looked like when he was younger. Yeah, because I don't know if we've heard yet, but we hear either in this episode or the previous, or yeah, I think it's later in this episode that Robert. Uh, wielded a big hammer and he bashed people's chests in and yeah we see this kid Gendry in a smithy banging a hammer against some armor and it's a very clear direct comparison to to Robert yeah uh Jon Snow and um uh Samwell having a little <laughs> bit more of a bond yeah John, this scene because uh, I just uh, watched this episode they just talk the whole scene about being virgins and John nearly fucking this girl and it's real like it, yeah. it is very like sixteen year old like t- telling each other stories that didn't really happen kind of situation. Totally. When I was sixteen, telling people stories of like, yeah, I'm still a virgin because I um, don't want to give birth to a son who doesn't have a mother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's totally one that. joke. I don't remember what it is, but John makes some joke and laughs really loudly at it as well, which really threw like he really. <laughs> gets into whatever joke it was he made. I can't remember what it was. No, and then I, Samwell I does a, cup, a couple more little things where he's like, oh, no, oh, they were just acting like a modern nerd. Oh, which... yeah, 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 yeah. Um, fuck, what, what was it? Because at the start of the discussion, Sam's like, why didn't you fuck her? Did you not know where to put your dick? And then John yeah. tells the story, and he, yeah, he goes into this excuse, and at the end, Sam, there's like that comic pause. And yeah, Sam he goes, goes like, oh, I like red hair or something, yeah. But then he goes, so I guess you didn't know where to put your dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just this dumb callback, and it's, it's, it does show them being these two kind of weirdos bonding. Totally. They're a parent. And then Alistair Thorne walks in and is like, get it. Get your hands off it, boys. Y- yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's You're like a couple of summer boys. You don't remember the last winter. Totally. He's like a PE teacher. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, well, he, he before this ends, this scene ends, he, he, he specifically says, you will be men of the Night's Watch soon. There's going to be more recruits, so you'll get sworn in and you'll get your jobs. Um, oh yeah, that's, that's actually what I, I was thinking of this whole time. Sam is, um, Goma Pyle. He is Vincent D'Onofrio's character from Full Metal Jacket. Right. And in, in Game of Thrones, um... Uh, Jon Snow sticks with him. He doesn't give him up. He doesn't go into his room and beat him with a pillowcase full of soap. He is better than that. He's more moral, and uh, he helps Sam. So, Well, because they threaten yeah. that one kid earlier in the episode. Like, mm. uh, they get Jon Snow's dog up on his chest and, and threaten him, like, you leave Sam alone, and it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes, that's right. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty clear um, comparison in terms of yeah other media. Sam is Goma Pyle if one of the people actually took care of him. But yeah, right. Alistair Thorne says, 
you're going to become Men of the Night's Watch. You'll get your things assigned to you, but you are still boys. Do not forget that. You are not men. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's really mean. Speaking of people who aren't men, Viserys is back in the next scene confronting mm. Daenerys. Uh, just going, basically saying, like, you are acting a bit too much like you are the queen of the Dothraki, which I made you be, and you are. <laughs> yes, I know, what an absolute moron. He's set up his own demise, like, he has set this situation up, but he still doesn't realise he's too stupid, and yeah, he's having a tantrum, he's yelling and screaming and going, like, what's this? What's this thing? And she's like, it's a present, it's a it's a, a clothing that I got made for you, and he's like, fucking rags of the Dothraki, like, he is racist, he doesn't like these barbarians, He's a douchebag to everyone around him. And he gives her a big old slap. Yep. But then she whacks him with some uh, belt jewels and gives <laughs> yep. him a big old cut. And I love his face when that happens. He really genuinely looks like, wait a minute. How is this even possible that this woman who I've made the most powerful woman on the continent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How it's- is she standing up to me? It's great. It is. I I love Viserys as a character. He's so well performed. Mm. Um, and I forgot. I forgot. He's yeah. He's such a great villain. Who yeah. In this moment is like, wait, I can bleed. What the hell? What is going on here? Like he's so shocked. Yeah. Uh, then Cersei and uh, Eddard have a little bit of a talk back on the other side of the world. Uh, it looks mm. like Cer- Cersei's coming to like bury the hatchet and go like, okay, we don't have to be enemies but then she just basically goes no i actually fuck off even harder (laughs) yeah yeah like she she yeah they have a bit of hatchet bearing it seems like and then she's like why are you here and and ned's like well i was given a job to do and i'm going to do it and she's like yeah you're a fucking soldier aren't you you just follow orders and he's like yeah i'm a soldier i was trained to kill my enemies and she says so was i yeah, and him going, I was trained to kill my enemies, like, he clearly means her, and it's like, calm yeah. down, man. Yeah, really, Don't, that's, yeah. You're being reckless here, dude. Um, yes, reckless is the exact right word. He he's believes so strongly in, in himself as being morally right and honourable that he's not worried about saying that, because, the, you know, the good and morally right and honourable people will always win in the end. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bit of a tournament... To, mm. Where the uh, the good and the moral, oh well, not really. This like dumb sort of knight who we've met briefly before, and he was a bit of a jerk. Yeah, uh, is Sir Hugh Je- who is some yeah. was somehow mixed up in that um, the bit about finding out who Gendry is and the fact that he's Robert's bastard. I kind of didn't yeah. follow why he, Sir he, he was involved. He was John Aaron's squire. So oh, okay. John Aaron so if John Aaron told knew, him stuff. yeah, okay, yeah. sure, okay, okay, cool. That that makes sense. Uh, and, yeah, well, everyone except for, like, Ned and Cersei who clearly just don't want to be... Oh, well, Cersei is there for a bit and then she wanders off because Robert is gross. Uh, yeah, Robert's being gross. And Sir Hugh... Yeah, before we keep going, yeah, Sir Hugh... Okay, he, he knew all the secrets that John Aaron knew. He's an absolute airhead. Yeah. And um, that's about the extent of, uh, of his character. Totally. And then we meet the mountain who are basically as, as small of a description. He's a big dude and they call him the mountain because of it. Uh, he like they're, they're jousting and Sir Hugh gets a, a big old piece of joust right in his neck. Yes. Which I, at the time, well, I think maybe the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. That's what happens with jousting. But I think 
maybe I learned since like this is meant to be mainly um, an exhibition match, right? Yeah, this wasn't meant to be a murder. Oh no, they're not. You're not meant to die in jousting. Like it's dangerous, but it's it's like someone dying in a car crash in an F1 race or something like that. It shouldn't happen. Right. Right, 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 right. So the mountain, the biggest man in the world, who I think yeah is named, he's so, called Sir Gregor Clegane. Yeah. That, and he um, and he's the hound's brother. Sandor Clegane yeah. is the hound. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, yeah, he he just comes in. He uh, works for the Lannisters at this point. Do we know? Is that is that what's happening? Um, he's he's general. Uh, well, I guess you'd assume he would because his brother does. That's but I'm right. Not yes. Sure if it's really made clear exactly what he is, he's just this big dude who everyone's afraid of. Yeah. And like, because after the death of uh, Sir Hugh happens, Littlefinger gets in Sansa's ear and tells her this story about uh, yeah. the how the Hound got his burns on his face and that um, the Mountain just kind of did it to him one day and that he's this psycho. He just yeah, sort of well, has a reputation hound... for being like a dangerous big dude. Yes, the Hound was playing with one of the Mountain's toys in front of the fire. Yep. Mountain was angry, grabs the hound by the hair, holds his face to the fire while the hound screams and his face melts, I believe yep. is the description, which yep. is fucking awful. And the hound still is covered in burn scars uh, as an adult. And what a story to tell a 13-year-old girl right after she's seen someone die for the first time. Like, Littlefinger is such a creep, <laughs> but like so clearly deliberately trying to get into her head. Well, then he says, that's a story that not many people know. and Yeah. And, which... <laughs> Like, fucking, what? Okay, how? Why? The guy, the hound walks around all the time with a burnt face. Like, everyone's got to be talking about that. But he's just like, hey, keep this little secret between you and I. No reason your parents need to, you know, he's he's being a... He's grooming her. He's grooming her, totally. Yes, absolutely. I did not really get that until just then, but yes, you're absolutely right. Completely. Like, he's leaning over, whispering into her ear little secrets that are just between them. Hmm. Mm. I have read enough books about how to groom people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dog grooming 101. <laughs> so then uh, we zip over to some little inn somewhere and this really annoying bard is trying to make a buck off of Catelyn and uh, yep, yep. Mutton Chops. <laughs> yes. Um, what is Mutton Chops' name? He has, he has a name. I don't he remember. does have a Sir name. Sir Roderick. Sir Roderick. Is that it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Tyrion shows up. Yeah. He's on his way south from the wall. Catelyn's on her way north to the wall. They cross paths. Yeah, he's like, ah, like, oh, I, I missed you at Winterfell. It's just, that was a shame. Yeah, because he walks in and he's like tapping coins on things and he's like, rich boy's here. Who wants to help rich boy? Yeah, and, and Bronn's there. Yeah, Bron- yeah and- Bron- this guy. Well, it, just this guy at this point. Like, we don't okay. even know who he is. Yes, a, a guy sitting in the inn offers to give Tyrion his room for money. That will be someone called Bron, though. He shows up in a second episode. Yeah, so uh, Tyrion's walking around showing his money. Catelyn sort of pulls a scarf over her head, being like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't see me, which I can very much relate to. Uh, but he does, and like you say, he's like, oh, why are you here, idiot? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, being... what the fuck are you doing here? I, but kind of like, he knew that she wasn't at Winterfell. They tried to make it seem like she was just sick, but he knew something was up. Yeah, yeah. And so he's kind of doing his digging thing, but then probably shouldn't have, because she stands up and does this really cool, like, I know you, and I know you, and I know where you're from. You yep. guys are all sworn to my house. Yes. So stand up and grab your swords out and point it at this fucker, because he tried to kill my son. Yep. Boom. End of episode another great episode and that's four for four yeah yes 
Yes, agreed. I think I liked episode four better than episode three. I really liked um, the introduction of uh, Renly, Littlefinger and Varys in episode three. And that yeah. kind of got, you know, that was very, yeah, it was fun. It was exciting. These characters are great characters. I, I really like all three of them. Um, and then there's a bit of schmishing, schmushing around and a little bit of back and forth um, that I wasn't uh, as into. Like, it was still very good. Yeah. Um, but then I think episode four really starts ramping up in a, in a big way. And, and I love in- the tournament stuff and I love the intrigue that is happening in episode four. Yes, the, the, the hunt for whatever the truth is that John Aaron found out that got him killed. Yes. Uh, that, that stuff is really engaging. And, yeah, it, it, the third and fourth ep- episodes certainly have hit more of a stride where, like, okay, the gears are cranking here to get stuff happen for, mm. happening for this show to get somewhere else it needs to be. Yes. You know, I think, things are happening yeah. in service of other things happening down the line. Totally. Yeah. And I think maybe the first two episodes were so exciting and so action-packed in terms of plot progression that it slows down a little bit in episode three. Um, but then it really picks back up in episode four. And again, more characters introduced, more like the, even yeah, the, just the mountain and, and the story of the mountain and the hound is such a yeah. great little world fleshing outing story. And um, totally a yeah. number, a number of just like interesting little bits and pieces of flavor. Around. Mm, yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, that's episodes three and four for the people watching it for the first time. Yes. But uh, and- we've got a new little feature as of this week. Yep. Which, um, you- yeah, we've had a bit of feedback of people being like, I'm enjoying the podcast and I'm enjoying going through these episodes that I've seen before, but I'm up to epi- like episode seven, season seven. I'm, I, I want a little bit more. I want, when you mention these little bits and pieces, you know, within the context of the episodes, you know, referring to some characters and some future plot lines and some symbols, perhaps, I want you to expand on them. So that's what we're going to do now. Yep, it's uh, the sealed section here, so don't listen if this is your first time watching, but if you're re-watching, uh, this is going to be a spoiler-filled thing, talking about the, these episodes in the context of the broader show up to up to the date that we're up to now. Exactly. If you're up to, ep- like, season five, just don't, you can't listen to this. I'm sorry. Pretend yeah. you're buying a penthouse and you're under 18. You're not allowed. <laughs> uh, so goodbye, first-time watchers, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Now, oh, hello, right. second time watchers. <laughs> time to look at my tits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Arya talking to me up late. <laughs> Arya wanking to me. <laughs> uh, yes. So um, I got a few. I got a few points here that I I made. Do you have some some points yeah. you'd like to go through? Let's go through yours first, and then I'll go through mine. All right. So um, yeah, the Mad King is referenced. Um, Eris Targaryen. Eris Targaryen? Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So one, uh, the what's her name? Um, Sansa's like caretaker woman, mm-hmm. whatever her name, like Scepter Morgane or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, she, she's a uh, scepter. She's a nun, basically. She calls him Ares at one point. Right, right, right. But right. it's but it is Eris. Yes, and the murdered Starks. So yeah. Um, What's Brandon? Is Brandon his brother? Brandon was the brother, and then I can't remember the name of his dad. Was it John? Yeah. No. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Ned Stark's dad was uh, well. Brandon is Rickard. Like a, Rickard is his Rickard. Name. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it mentions the, their murder, and uh, they do kind of talk about that, and it's very sad for Sansa and stuff being back in the... Or, well, like, her picking it up kind of quickly. I mean, I guess we could have said that in the non-sealed section, but, mm. um, yeah, hearing the first bits of that story panning out is interesting, but you don't have any context for why it happened yet. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was interesting, um, that little bit of, yeah, what what's going on with them what was yeah. happening behind the scenes and somewhere else, um, which obviously comes back comes back uh, in a big way. Yeah. Uh, he, what, do you want me to do one of mine now? We'll go back and forth? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, the bit where they, like, when um, Cersei and Joffrey were talking about, uh, you know, or how everyone's their enemy, mm-hmm. how they just kind of did go, the North is dangerous never go there with an army in the winter because you won't be able to get the north is basically russia yes yeah and exactly yeah with what happens to stannis's army there later on yeah. like they were they were right yep yep yeah uh, which totally I thought was kind of interesting yes yeah that, that i mean i mean that plays into the episode as in terms of a non-sealed section way as well like it's just it's painting the, the starks as very dangerous and it's yep. also painting the lannisters as very smart Totally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, these, this pair of episodes introduced us to Littlefinger and also to Varys and to Pycelle, all of whom we uh, know for a fact down the track are real, real dodgy boys, keeping lots of secrets, doing a lot of manipulating. And weirdly, Varys comes across as the worst of them right now. They call him the spider and all that, but Varys is the one where kind of is the better of the three. I, th- I think uh, I don't think it's even kinder. I think objectively, yeah. he is. He says over and over as the seasons drag on or continue. <laughs> they don't drag. Well, some of them do. <laughs> some of them kind of sag in the middle. But um, no, he he says he is doing what's right for the realm. Yeah, he's he's trying to do the right thing for the people, for the society, for the continuation of that society. Totally. So, and then yeah. Pycelle is trying to do the right thing for him in a very close-minded, I want to eat well and fuck good kind of way. Absolutely. And, and that really bite that he's the first guy to uh to bite it <laughs> to to have yeah. it yeah, to have it um blow up in his face. But then Littlefinger has these, you know, much bigger plans, the seeds of which he's already sowing here. Yeah, I di- I didn't I mean, I guess I kind of realized he was talking to Sansa for a reason and uh, that reason before the end, like before the end point that we're at now, the reason appears to be, well, he's in was in love with Catelyn, and now he's in love with Catelyn's daughter, and fuck me, yeah. isn't that creepy? But yeah. th- there's there's other stuff going on as well. Totally, but that is an element of it for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, the thing that you've written here of Arya and Sansa, it's so early, but we already see huge seeds in their future character for their future character arcs. I wrote down. Um, Ned says to Arya, "Try not to stab your sister with it." <laughs> about his about her sword, yep. And I, I mean, really she... feel like that that hasn't happened yet, but I really feel like it will. Oh, really? I I think that if it was going to, it would have happened in that back end of season seven. I I think that he she listened to his, his advice. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I still like. I would need to, and at some point we will rewatch season seven. But I feel like it still ended with a little bit of animosity between them there, or a fair right? Bit. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, Arya has changed so much by that point that, yeah, to me, she feels a little bit like she lacks uh, emotion. But um, sure, 
I mean, at the very least, they do end up banding together to murder Littlefinger. Yeah. Who, I've forgotten the reason for his name is that he was small and from a place called The Fingers. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's just such a lame reason. I know, it's not interesting. I thought there was going to be at least something cool or something gross, but no. 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 Um, um, but yeah, I, I do think that these episodes in particular really sow some seeds for uh, for Arya and Sansa, setting them both up, uh, setting Arya up on a sort of direct trajectory. Mm. You know, she's, she gets the sword, she gets trained, she's clearly heading in, in that direction and it doesn't, um, the rug is not pulled out from under her in a, in a very grand scale. She, yeah, gets set on a path that she follows. Sansa, yeah. of course, um, really gets fucked around, gets a lot of ups and downs and um, defeats and victories along the way and a lot of like yeah a lot of turns a lot of 180 degree turns in her um in her arc but so i think yeah this is setting up this is setting her up for her first failure yeah i think you also see that thing of sansa which is what she currently is in the show where we're up to um like as in season 7 mm. uh when when the scepter is walking her through and going like oh isn't this nice you'll be sitting on that lovely throne one day and then sansa's clear enough to be like this is where my family died for yeah. political reasons and i'm kind of across that and you know, I, I, you, you see a little bit of the what's behind her, um, even, even now. That's true, and I, I think, we, yeah, we forgot to mention it um, in the non-sealed bit. She says, "Joffrey hates me." You know, what if I don't have a bunch of male babies? Like she's yeah. starting to feel a bit trapped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you read the next thing you've written. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Thorne, once a cunt, always a cunt. And I think absolutely, that's <laughs> yeah, he he pretty much doesn't change except for the fact that he becomes more overt in being a cunt and hating John to the point where he uh, murders him. Yep, probably the most overt expression of dislike. <laughs> just about, just to about to murder a person. Yes, uh, we hear burn them all a bunch. Yep. Yep. Uh, I really liked, there was a little moment where, um, I think this might have been in the fourth episode, actually, mm. uh, they mention, uh, hold on, let me just find it, I wrote it down here. Oh yeah. Um, Get that note up. They mention Thoros of Myr with his burning blade. Oh really? I didn't catch that. That's great. It's when Jamie and uh, whoever Ned's, like, guy that he trusts is. Oh yes, when they're talking about uh, the battle they were in. Yeah, and he's like, did you see Thoros and Mur run in there with his burning blade? Oh, I fuck. I thought that was I, really cool. I didn't catch the name, but I, I caught... Uh, yes, I remember being like, oh, that guy must have looked awesome on the battlefield. Right, that's, that's yes, cool. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, Daenerys and slaves is pretty yep. obvious, pretty damn yep. clear. It's really it's early a, on. But you can see that she... I mean, as someone who you can make the argument has been pretty close to a slave for a lot of her life. Yes, you can see how she would sympathise with them, and also yeah. because she's a human being, I suppose. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. The way it's it's not really framed in a um, oh she empathises or directly sympathises with those people because she's been trapped by her brother. It's it is more just like she's asking about slaves and she feels bad for them, which is great. Yeah, that's good. That's a normal thing. Uh, Mormon and and Aemon Targaryen at Castle Black. Mm. They don't. They don't. You don't know that it's Aemon Targaryen yet. No, nah. he d- uh, he has a fake name, right? He's Maester something. It's not, and it's not Targaryen. I think they just call him Maester. I can't remember, but they, he must do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a fake name because he reveals it at some point to John, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. you've written Three Eyed Raven here. 
Not yep. much more to say than just like, yep, that's already there. Yep, that is, yep, that's something. I, 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 yeah, I genuinely didn't, I mustn't have thought anything of it at the time, but man, it's, it's, it's there real early. Yep. Uh, the thing you've written, I noticed this as well of, uh, Theon, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously Theon already thought those things, but Tyrion really rubs it in that Theon's under the thumb there yep. and plays some part, you could argue, in Theon eventually deciding to tear that place apart. Absolutely. I definitely think so. He he says, like, your father is a king. You are, you know, like, he really emphasizes, like, you are an important guy and you're not being treated properly by these people. You are their captive. What are you doing about it? Nothing. Oh, okay, you're running errands for them. Like, fuck you. You're, look at the situation yeah. you're in. Like, he's really hammering it at home. And then Theom really acts on that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And uh, last point you've written here, Gendry and Sam, two characters who don't do shit for like six years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Gendry literally fucks off, like, soon at the end of this season, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I oh, think no, wait, it's, no. it's season three because he travels around with Arya and Hot that, Pie. Yes, that's right. They're, he, they're at Harren Hall, at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, that's a little longer than I remember. But, um, he, yeah, he doesn't do anything and then he leaves. Um, Sam sticks around but doesn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, like they they kind of help Arya and John respectively, but yeah, they're they I think it's really cool that they're set up this early. Same with Hodor, really. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do Gendry. I'm much more forgiving of because I think I like the actor. I like the character in terms of like where that character sits in the the overall. Um, intrigue and and political yeah. sort and of he's situation he's he like yeah. he should have been on that throne yes exactly yeah um and it is we like the, the whole meme you know the whole thing of him just like rowing in a boat for five years like yeah it it it's interesting that that happened and he was brought back totally um yeah so i like him but it is a shame that he had to go on roll around in circles for five years but um, yeah sam just one of the weaker characters in the show yeah yeah a lot of people seem to really like him but yeah, not me. No, no, I, no, never. Not at all. <laughs> not in any respect. <laughs> never. There's nothing that could happen. <laughs> I mean, I'd love it if 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 I was, you know, turned around on him, but I, yeah. I don't know how that's going to happen. I really hope the thing of like, and the whole thing was written by Samuel Tarly in <sighs> the end doesn't happen. No, He's that not... would be the worst. Samuel Tarly and Samwise Gamgee just being the same for... Anyway. Yeah, yes, totally. Absolutely. That would be lame. Um, yeah. Do you have any more notes? Uh, let me have a quick look through... It's interesting watching them be so uh, down on Tyrion. Yes. He's the only good one out of them Lannisters. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Arya said that that's not me thing, which she says to the wolf later, but I don't think her saying it to the dire wolf had anything to do with her saying it in this episode. But people I... mentioned that when it happened. Oh, I, I mean, I think it has something to do with it in the sense that it is the same line. Uh, I do like, think it's a purposeful callback. Um, I felt that this it was delivered a little less um, momentously in this episode than I probably yeah. imagined it would have been. For- I think it's... I, I personally don't think it was a deliberate callback. Oh, it's, I, I, it's I definitely do. It's such a short do. and common and cliche kind of line that I think it just happened twice. Okay, I disagree, but I um, don't care that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. 
for, yeah. for so far because, uh, you know, a lot of what's happening now doesn't become really, really revel- rel- relevant <laughs> to, to the show until, like, sort of when we get to about episode nine, we might start talking. Yes, true. Uh, yeah, there's been a bunch of stuff. The White Walkers, obviously, were in the cold open of the first episode, and then, yeah, Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, Theon's that's betrayal. another thing. Yes. Uh, the, the woman telling Bran the stories mm. mentions these big ghostly white spiders the size of bears or whatever. Yeah. And we haven't seen them. No. I think we... I guess we may in the final season because they're like, well, we have the, this budget. We're not yeah. saving it for next year, so let's just go all out. I wonder if they won't just because it'll be too Lord of the Rings. That's true. That's true. I uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck. Thinking back on these episodes in in comparison to the way season 7 ended, it's a very different show. It is. And it's it, they're setting up the White Walkers more than I remember them doing. Sure. I I I wonder if it's because we're picking up like it's um what's that thing? Confirmation bias. We we Maybe. know what happens at the end, so we're picking up on it more. Whereas I think at the time I was thinking like this is some nice flavor to the world, um, but doesn't oh, mean totally. anything. Yeah, I, but like it, it's not meant to mean anything to you yet. But like they are saying it often because they're planning to have that turn into the whole story. Yeah, that's true, and that's what I was I was I was saying. I was kind of listing off. Yeah, Three Eyed Raven, Theon's betrayal. Like these are things that Gendry. These are things that don't become important in a critical plot way for many years, but they are already being seeded into the show now. So I think that's pretty impressive. Yep. These are bastards, cripples, and broken things. That was very beautiful. (laughs) Um, Thank you. That is, I believe, the end of this episode of Arya Talking to Me. Yeah. Unless you had anything to add? Uh, no, no, I, I agree that it's the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to our sealed section uh, buddies for listening to this point. Uh, I think, what are we planning next episode to just do uh, five? Or do we want to do five, six? Uh, we should do five, six, probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm down for that. We'll do episode yeah. five and six of season one. We should one. also edit it in so that it says that earlier for the people who were listening before. Uh, yeah. Well, we can put it in the description as well. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, cool. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, see you next time. Keep on thrones in, my dudes. <laughs> and when I find the button, so will I. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.